0: Howdy folks, and welcome to the Texas A&M RUF podcast. RUF stands for Reformed University Fellowship, and what we are is basically a campus ministry for the convinced and unconvinced believers and non-believers. We put a lot of emphasis on being community and people-oriented and promoting a welcoming atmosphere of inclusivity and comfort. Uh, what this podcast is, is a collection of our worship night sermons given by our campus minister, William Bondront. Um, so, without further ado, we really hope that y'all enjoy this talk.
1: All right, Hey, appreciate y'all. Uh, again, my name is William Bondurant. Um, I know there's a bunch of y'all in this room. It's good to see your faces uh, back after the summer and all your different summer adventures. There's so many new faces in this room, which is just awesome. Welcome. Welcome freshmen, new students. You may, yeah. You're halfway through your first um, your first week of college. That's amazing, right? Like, there only was you only like missed hacker classes your first day because you didn't know where to park or where they were, right? You tried to go to Fuego for lunch on Monday. It was closed. That was sad. Like um, you 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 went to Torchies, which was better anyway. Honestly, um, I mean. It's, I'm not wrong, I'm not wrong, um, uh, but seriously, y'all are doing great, um, it's been fun getting to know y'all and, I, and I'd love to get y'all, uh, get to know y'all even more. I also just wanted to introduce real quick before I got started, our interns. So here at REF we have two interns um, that like their job is to get with and minister and help kind of build community with freshmen. And, uh, and new students. So I uh, see George in the back. Could you stand up, George and Way. That's George the Baby. <laughs> um, coming to us straight from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Well, he's from uh, Lookout Mountain, uh, Tennessee, but uh, but went to college in Wofford. And then Maggie Alden, there she is. Maggie Alden, second <laughs> um, From UGA, go dogs, woof woof. Um, I'm an Auburn fan, so I hate Georgia so much. Um, But uh, yeah, so we're glad that they would, like, literally, like, they raised a whole bunch of money so they could move here and get paid next to nothing to hang out with you. Like, they are passionate about what they're doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. Um, So, like, please use them as a resource. Um, So all right. Um, So yeah, glad to be back. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, And I really do. I want you to know that, like, we want to know you we want you to feel like you are known. Um, you know, all you have to really here is like we are here to care for you. We are here to care for one another. That's why we exist. So if you need like just anything from like a ride to church or something like that or you know, a shoulder to cry on because your boyfriend broke up with you. Like, we, we are here. Our staff is here, upperclassmen. Anybody that you saw up here tonight would, like, love to get to know you um, better. So uh, we're here to minister to you. We're not here to scold, shame, judge, or manipulate. We're just here to walk with Jesus, with you, together. That's what we're here for. All right. Um, and And I think what we're here to do is to have a lot of fun together, right? To, like, actually, like, enjoy life together in the Lord with one another. That's why we're going to have a big old party on Friday night. We're all going to go to Midnight Yell uh, together after that. Um, Because we're about that. And, like, I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't know that Christianity is for that and for uh, joy together and a joyous life together. Uh, You know, there's a famous... Christian teaching tool that some of you might be familiar with called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And literally the very first question asked this, what is the chief end of man? In other words, like what, what's the point of life? What's the purpose of life? What does it mean to be truly human? You know what the answer is? The answer is to glorify God and to enjoy him, to enjoy him right? For us to glorify God, make God big, worship him, love him, serve him. And then what? And then actually enjoy him, enjoy his people, enjoy life uh, together. And that's what we're actually made for. And here at RUF, like we just want to constantly remind ourselves of that and put that in front of our eyes. Why do we need to remind ourselves that? Because we forget it like every single day. Um, And because we get duped and we dupe ourselves into believing false realities and those false realities actually destroy our joy and really they make us less human Um, they make us less real which that leads us to our sermon series uh, this semester Uh, we are going to be going through the first about a dozen chapters of the very first book of the bible the book of genesis um and uh The reason we're doing that is because I really want us to kind of step into God's story, like the big story of the Bible, like the big overarching themes. And the thing about the book of Genesis is it's right there, especially at the beginning, that it lays this groundwork, like this foundation for the Christian life and a Christian worldview. What is God like? What does he do? Um, how do people have a relationship with him? What are people? What are people like? It answers things like that. Um, the foundation gets laid down here at the beginning in the Bible. In fact, it's not wrong to say that the entirety of the Bible is just unpacking like the first handful of chapters of Genesis. Um, and like we said, the more that we are just breathing in and anchored in God's story, God's reality, the happier we'll be. The more in touch with reality we will be, and the more we will become authentic and joyful people with God and with together uh, and with each other um, together. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, we'll we'll skip through a few verses for the sake of time, but you'll you'll get the broad brush strokes. So let's start. Page one, chapter one, verse one of the whole Bible. You can follow along in your Bible. We'll have the words up here. It's in your bulletin. Genesis. And God said, "Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night; let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and years; and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth." And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. and the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth the day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So, word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, um, it's already from the outset of the Bible, um, we just can't escape the fact that you are a God of of the word. You created all that there is by the very word of your power. Um, And so the very same word that pulled existence out of non-existence We don't we can't even comprehend what that even really means, uh, for there to just be nothing. And then just from you, you speak matter and subatomic particles and literally all the things that hold this universe together. You just said it and it was, and we are reading that same word, that same word that flung the stars into existence is also speaking to us now. And so by that same creative work, Lord, would you renew life in us? Would you give us a clarity for who you actually are? Would you shout through just kind of like the weird baggage we have or the idols we have, the things that are controlling us that we don't even know how they're controlling us? Lord, would you create new life in us? By your word. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Um, All right. so Albert Einstein, famous scientist, uh, he once said, The human mind, no matter how highly trained, cannot grasp the universe. We are in the position of a little child, entering a huge library whose walls are covered to the ceiling with books in many different tongues. The child knows that someone must have written those books. It does not know who or how. It does not understand the languages in which they are written. The child notes a definite plan in the arrangement of the books, a mysterious order, which it does not comprehend, but only dimly suspects. That, it seems to me, is the attitude of the human mind, even the greatest and most cultured, toward God. We see a universe marvelously arranged, obeying certain laws, but we understand the laws only dimly. Our limited minds cannot grasp the mysterious force that sways the constellations. I love that last, that last part. Um, So Einstein definitely gets something um, right with that, right? In this universe, from the furthest flung nebulas to the teeny tiniest subatomic particles that we haven't even discovered yet. um, We just live in a complicated universe. Um, There's so much more that we have to learn about any given thing. And in fact, the more we learn about something, the more we discover there is to learn about it, and we just unlock more and more mysteries, and like, that's, that's awesome. That's cool. Some of you came here to a and because you're infatuated, right, with this world, the way it works, and you want to figure it out, um, and that's beautiful, um, but here's what I think is kind of interesting about Einstein's description that I kind of want to take a difference um, with is that kind of the way he describes it, it's like this giant, towering, confusing, maybe even scary library. Almost like if you remember being a little kid and you got lost in like a department store or in the grocery store, um, right? It's as, if, it's as if he describes the world as this alien, strange place where right, we're just kind of like lost and confused and scared and really we're like where we don't belong. Like, this world is a place where we don't belong. And and I get, maybe even you get, where he's coming from. Life can feel like that is true sometimes. Maybe you felt like that's true this week as you got lost on campus uh, trying to find your class or trying to find a parking lot. Um, uh, maybe you've felt like that in social situations this week. Like, you're just kind of lost and you're even, you're surrounded by people, but you just still feel, Um, lost and alone in the big shuffle of everything. Maybe you felt lost uh, as you're still just trying to figure out what you're going to do after college, what you're going to major in, and you're like a senior, and you still don't know um, what you're supposed to be doing with the rest of your life. Um, Maybe you're just still trying to get your footing in, like, what does it actually look like to follow Jesus? Like, I grew up in the church, but, like, I don't know that I really know what it looks like to be a Christian and follow him. But life in the real world can feel like stumbling down some kind of scary, dark, indecipherable hallway. But, you know, what the Bible is showing us is even though God's world is vast um, and complicated, that God has actually made this world a place that was made for you. He actually made this a place where we belong, He's made this for us, right? So in verse two, if you want to look there, when God is creating the world, he says the spirit was hovering over the unformed mass that was the earth. And the picture there, that the word in Hebrew there is eliciting the imagery of actually like a mama bird hovering over the nest. So the idea is that like, God's spirit is hovering over the unformed mass of the world, like a mama bird about to build a nest. And she's going to lay eggs and raise her babies uh, to live and grow in. So that's, that's kind of the idea. God is about to build his creatures a place to live. In fact, the reason I had us uh, read the creation story the way we did, where we kind of read day one of him create, like separating the light from the darkness, and then um, day four, where he then fills the light with day or whatever, fills, uh, yeah, with the sun, and then fills the darkness with with the moon and the stars and all that stuff, Um, is because I wanted to highlight the way God creates. Um, And let me just pause for a second, because I know, like, there can be this girl in the room. I'm not really going to talk about, like, how old and like how long these days were? I'd be happy to have that conversation with you uh, later this week. Let's grab coffee, um, but uh, be happy to talk about that. But we're not really going to cover that. Um, but so at the beginning of the creation, you have the earth. The scripture says it's formless and void, meaning it is uninhabitable and uninhabited. And so then God goes about the work of creation of making the world habitable for the first three days and then the next three days then filling up the habitat he has just made right like today the night he puts the sun the stars he makes the sky and the water and he fills that with birds in the sky um, fish in the sea and then finally land where he fills with uh, animals and then of course the crown jewel of all creation god makes human beings uniquely and specially created to bear his own image, the only thing. And I mean, have you ever thought about that? I think that's a cool thing to think about. Do you know what you look like? You look like God. You look like God. And so does every single person you've ever met. And of course, that means more than just appearance. Um, But we as human beings, we are the special creatures that are imprinted with the very image of God. Um, but like, but do you see that us as human beings, like you and me, we are not lost in some kind of cosmic grocery store. We are exactly where God wants us. We're exactly where he's put it. In fact, he has tailor-made the creation for us to belong here. You know, and we're going to get in the weeds of the fall and the way that's changed, and um, as we go but look but even still even now this creation that god declares this is very good that's still true that's still in play we still belong here you belong and this is very good and we belong to god Um, so there's an experiment called the ball game experiment where participants they would get in a circle and throw a ball back and forth across the circle but what one person in the circle didn't know is that everybody else was told no matter what do not throw the ball to them right so you get it so the circle people one person doesn't know that everybody else is not going to throw the ball to them okay and so the thing is just see like what happens with like to that person when they experience that and so as you can imagine that person got frustrated, angry, confused, and would eventually, here, see, here's the important part, would more often than not come to the conclusion that the game was meaningless and pointless, right? Isolation, feeling isolated, feeling like you don't belong, it makes people feel that the game is meaningless, right? That they are meaningless. Right. So when you don't understand fundamentally that God has made you a place to belong and that you are a person who does belong, it can be easy for you to feel like you don't matter. It can be easy for you to feel like life is pointless, that you're pointless. Um, God in his word, he is telling you, he's telling me, you belong. You matter. You matter to me. You matter so much to me, I've even made you to look like me. Um, look, I know many of you here tonight, you're, you're new to RUF. Some of you are kind of checking us out, kicking the tires, seeing what we're all about. Right? We're glad you're doing that. That's normal. That's natural. You should be checking things out. Um, but like if I could kind of give you the, like the elevator pitch, for like what is RUF about? Like what do these people do? I think if I could distill it down to one thing, I would say RUF, we are a people Um, that, that we are striving to be agents of belonging on this campus, right? We exist to create spaces where people can be seen and heard and known and really feel like they belong to a people. And therefore, what, when you belong to a people, here's what you also come to the conclusion of, that you belong to God, right? That's what we're on mission here to do is create pots of that. So where does that happen? I mean, it happens here. It happens in small groups, like we were talking about. You know, and I was just kind of thinking um, the other day, just reflecting on, this is, this is my fourth year here at A&M, and I was just kind of looking back at like, man, it's kind of been a wild, crazy ride. Um, and I was just thinking about where are some other places. So I just kind of wanted to share the story. Like, here's also what it looks like for us to create spaces of belonging. Um, so Mary Beth, who was up here, um, uh, giving the announcements earlier, her and her older sister uh, who's graduated, Margaret, um, we kind of started a conversation. So they're part of a sorority called Tridel and um, you know, beautiful place, beautiful uh, institution. But one of the things about it is there's kind of like a dichotomy that like there's the girls that are like the really good, like nice Christian girls. And then there's like the girls that are just kind of known like they're going to just a little more party, like ball out till they fall out kind of. Um, uh, crowd. And it's like, and and I'll we'll say, and I'll say this, that like, like the more like good Christian crowd, I mean, there can also be a rep, maybe like at, at like most generous, like just really great girls. And maybe the bad, kind of like the nose stuck up in the air, kind of self-righteous Christianity. And so we were just talking about what if we created a place where like, girls from both ends of that spectrum could, like, have a Bible study, have a place where they belong together. And so we created that, and we did it, and it happened, and the Lord provided. And it's just this, like, beautiful, beautiful, um, just small group and space um, where girls really, for the first time, some of them were saying, like, this is the first time I've really felt like I've belonged and tried out. And maybe, like, girls that you would never even... Like, no, we're, we're struggling with loneliness uh, and stuff like that, right? So that's just like a picture. Like, that's what RDF is about. Like, we just want to do stuff like that across campuses, across institutions, across organizations. We want to be a place where we are shouting loudly and clearly to people, you belong. How do you know you belong to God? Because we're showing you that that you belong to us. Um and we're convincing them then that they belong to God, too. So that's special. That's what we're about. Um, you know what it looks like to look like God? looks like creating spaces of belonging because that's what God does. All right. Um, so moving on, uh, we see in Chapter 2 on the seventh day that God, he finishes his work. Um, and he rested. All right. So the picture there, it isn't so much like God finished his work and now he's really tired and so he needs to take a nap. So actually, the the Hebrew there is really more getting across the idea that, like, okay, God finished making this beautiful, flourishing kingdom, paradise land, and now on the seventh day, he's resting in that he's sitting down. Like, he's sitting down on his throne to rule over this kingdom that he has just uh, created. He's governing. And so isn't it interesting to see that when he makes man— what does he make man to do? He makes man to look like him. What does man do? Man then goes out and rules. He reigns. He has dominion over the creation. Why? Because they, they're just doing what their God does. Um, right? So they're made to take up creation. We're made to take up creation and use it. Right? To, to play. Uh, to play sports. To use our bodies. Ride horses. Go fishing. Uh, play in a garden. Play music. Do science. Learn how the intricacies of the business world work, right? Like just taking the raw material of this created universe and using it um, to create more flourishing, um, more and more and more. Um, So God created a place for you to exercise your gifts and talents. And here in college, like, you're going to have all kinds of opportunities to do that, and that's wonderful, right? To dive into your interests in all kinds of ways, and there really are all kinds of ways for you to rule over this world. And here's the thing, there's things that you're really good at that other people really suck at. Um, And here's the thing, that's actually okay. That's beautiful for us to all kind of bring our unique talents to the table and to contribute all of that in one body. and, and here's something else I kind of want us to space, uh, pay special attention to. So God, he's calling man here to be fruitful and multiply, to subdue the earth. So in all these gifts and all these talents he's given us, um, he's also like telling us that it's okay for us to just grow, for us to be in process. So maybe like there are things that Other people are really good at that you're not as good at. Maybe you've been, as you're, like, at parties and stuff, like, man, other people are just so more, like, socially adept than I am. Or other people are just, like, so much more funny than I am. Or some people, like, they're just so much smarter than I am. Here's, like, even from the beginning, even before sin and brokenness entered into the world, God is actually giving us the permission to to be fruitful, in other words, to to organically grow, to organically be in process. In other words, it's okay for you to fail at stuff. It's okay for you to try, to fail, to pick yourself back up, try again, grow. It's going to take time, and that's actually good, that God didn't just make the world and it just looks like it does today he made it for this to be a process for us to actually get out in it and get our hands dirty um, and and cultivate this world into what it is Um, and I think that's beautiful because what that means is that God is destroying the tyranny of competency he's destroying the tyranny of perfectionism Saying it's like it's okay for you not to be good at stuff, and you can still lean in and grow, and do. And I hope that you would just like sink that down into your soul here at the beginning of college, uh, that you would not um, let comparison kill you. Um, that you would actually embrace who you are, who God has made you to be, and embrace the fact that He just loves for you to grow and to be. In process, um, right you you're kings and queens in god 's kingdom, and there is never any shame in that um, hey, let me ask you this this is connected um, how gifted or talented do you have to be to have sunlight shine on you it 's kind of a weird question I know but like how if I you know whatever you're Football player, and you're killing it out there, catching every pass, or you know, it's just you're bobbling it all and you're sucking it up. Does the sun shine on you any different? It's exactly the same, right? You know, if you went through sorority rush, did the sunlight shine on you more or less if you got into the sorority you wanted to be in, Um, or if you felt like you had to settle? It shined on you the same, right? Um, If you're just slaying college right now, like you just feel like, I am in my zone. Does the sun shine on you more or less um, than if right now you feel like, I'm just barely hanging on, I'm probably just going to go cry in my room after this. Sun shines on you the same. You know, when Jesus came into this world, he described himself uh, with a number of different images and symbols, but one of his favorites was uh, that of light, that of the sun, right? He says he's the true light, that people who follow him walk in light and never in darkness. Because Jesus does what light does. He just shines on people. He shines his love. He shines his grace. He shines his approval on people. Right? And you can't, like, do something to make it shine brighter. You can't do something to make it shine more dimly. He just loves. He just shows grace. Right? And here's the thing, Um, he is light, Um, he is the truth, and even in that light, but we still do, we feel darkness. We experience loneliness, and we do things that are mean, and we do things that hurt others and hurt ourselves because we're angry that we're lonely, and you know how Jesus responds to that by actually becoming lonely for us. He gets treated like he's the one who walks in darkness. And instead of having God's light shine on him, he takes the darkness and isolation that we deserve. Right? Literally on the cross, like the sun in the middle of the day went dark. And so what that means is that since Jesus took your loneliness, you can never be lonely. You can only belong to God. That's the only thing that can be true, you now. You can only belong. But you always have light no matter what, because Jesus walks out of that dark tomb. He's always in God's loving, life-giving light, and he gives you his light and life for free. And now you just rule with Jesus. And in Jesus, you have a place. You can only belong, and you can only belong to him, and you rule with him. In Jesus, God says, let there be light. And there is light, and it's good, and you belong in it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, would you just simply um, speak your light um, into our hearts? I know for some of us, um, this could be the first time we've really thought about what what would it really mean to just receive and rest in the love that gets doled out on to us for free um, through the cross, through the resurrection. Uh, it might be the first time that we've really thought through um, the fact that, like, we don't earn our place. We don't manufacture for ourselves belonging we, we actually just have to sit and do nothing and just get it dumped in our arms. And, like, that is what you are pleased to do. And if that's true, Lord, I, I just pray uh, with, with those people, uh, Lord Jesus, just make that just more and more clear. Uh, Help me to just walk through the practical steps of what it really means now that I believe in the work of Jesus to make me alive and to pull me into his kingdom of light and away from the kingdom of darkness. Um, I pray for you. We celebrate that. Uh, Lord, for for many of us here, we we know this. We know these things. This is like the gajillionth time. We've heard the creation story. And I just pray... um, for like just a renewed and refreshed, maybe just even this week, this day, of just the knowledge that you so kindly, um, you don't compare us to other people. Um, You don't have some kind of sliding scale of who you love more, who you love less. Uh, You make us to belong. And Lord, I just pray even for our UF that we would more and more and more and more become the kind of place Uh, where we are creating spaces of belonging here on this campus and in this world. Lord Jesus, in your name, we pray these things. Amen.
0: We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Texas A&M RUF podcast. If y'all are interested in joining us for a future worship night, we would absolutely love to see y'all at All Face Chapel uh, on the north side of campus across from Sabisa at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays go ahead and follow at AggieRUF on Instagram for updates about any other events that we might be putting on throughout the semester. Uh, Thank y'all so much for listening, and we hope to see y'all around sometime.